Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to another episode of Words and Nerds podcast, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today, I welcome Matthew Ryan Davies. He ghostwrites nonfiction books, edits university textbooks for medical and nursing students, and writes scripts for educational videos and documentaries. More importantly, Matthew is also the author of the young adult novel, This Thing of Darkness, which you'll find on episode 88 of Words and Nerds podcast, which was highly commended in the Victorian Premier's Literary Awards. Today, we talk about things we Berry, his debut novel for adults. Welcome, Matthew, back to the podcast. Hey, Danny, so good to be with you. It is. And, you know, it never feels like very long between drinks, if you like. But then I looked back and I was like, 88, that was miles and miles ago. So it's cool to have you back. And how do you become a debut author again? Well, different category of book, I guess. So, <laughs> I love so my that. first one was, um, yeah, my first one was YA, published under Matt Davies, which is yes. the, kind of the name that I use from, from day to day. But um, this is a different category of book because it's more um, targeted towards the adult market, general fiction. Um, and so I sort of floated my idea with the publisher to to use my full name. This is this is my full name, um, and they seemed to think that was a good idea, just because I want to keep writing YA. I've got more YA in the can, plenty more to come, so. I want to keep doing that and I just thought it would be good to differentiate it in a way. Mm. But it's weird getting called Matthew now because no one no, no one in my life calls me Matthew. <laughs> so it's very strange. Yes. So and there's no more like so I did a Google search there's no more there's no others. <laughs> so I thought that's going to I'm going to stand out. <laughs> well next you'll have to write a picture book and then a middle grade and then a junior fic so you'll always be Matthew Ryan Davies uh, debut author. Correct. That's what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> now, things we bury hit me with an elevator pitch. Okay, so this one is a um, is a contemporary family drama. It's set in um, regional Victoria in a fictional town called Pent, and it's about three siblings who get together in their hometown after their dad is involved in a serious car crash that leaves him in hospital in, in a coma. But when they get there back to their hometown, they find out that the uh, crash may not have been an accident and that may, he may have been deliberately trying to run himself off the road. Um, but of course, he's in a coma, so they can't ask him about it. So I guess the book kind of follows these three siblings as they try to work through this um, revelation about their dad um, and a host of other kind of long buried issues that being back in their hometown together, back in their home with their mother um, in their hometown brings to the surface. Mm, very interesting. And I love the relationship between the siblings, Josh, Jack and Dane. I always think siblings are really interesting because they're forced to grow up together. They're not always similar. Three is a tricky number too, because you know, you've got the two against one in occasions. And so I found the sibling dynamic really interesting. Tell me about that. 
fun to write and like and different um like 10 years in between the oldest and the youngest and then the, the middle one who's um Jacinta so she's a girl so we say she, she calls herself Jack but she's a girl um she's she's up closer to, to Dane in age so they're sort of two years apart and then there's the baby of the family who is Josh um and Dane and Jack the older ones um left home pretty early so Josh was kind of on his own grew up on his own a lot but um, the thing that was really fun about writing siblings is that they can be really um, honest with each other, even though these guys don't sort of, they haven't been in each other's lives a lot since, um, since, since leaving home. Um, they're still very comfortable with each other and they just kind of hang it on each other and they're very blunt with each other. And um, so that was really fun to write. The truth bombs come from your siblings, I imagine. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's interesting too that someone can grow up with siblings but grow up as an only child. Like I find that dynamic really interesting. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And and they've all sort of got their um, issues that have kind of hung over from their childhood and that's kind of one of them for, for, for the youngest Josh is that he kind of feels like, you know, his siblings weren't around and they didn't really want to take care of him and look after him. And, the, you know, his parents were sort of over it by by kid number three and had been to a zillion <laughs> footy games for Zane and uh, for Dane, sorry, and all of um, all of Jack's all shows and stuff. And by the time the third one came along, they, they just weren't that interested. So that's a bit been a bit of a, a thing for him. Um, he doesn't feel close to his parents for that reason. Um, and they sort of you know what it's like, you know, you know, when you go to your back, back to your family home, you kind of, you know, revert to these childhood roles. And, and so there's these kind of, you know, jealousies, um, you know, and animosities that are still sort of there and hanging over, hang, hanging over from childhood. So it was fun playing with that. <laughs> How much did you draw from real life? Um, well, this family is nothing like mine. Um, I've got, an, <laughs> I've got an older brother. Yeah, thankfully. I mean, I've got an older brother and we're very close. Um, I didn't grow up in a rural environment. I didn't grow up, you know, the parents are very different from mine. So, um, yeah, I can't say there's a lot of parallels there. <laughs> and there's a lot going on in this book. Um, you know, the sexual harassment scandal for one, the near death experience, and then the you know ambiguity of what that experience was and the crash. Why were these specific issues important for you to explore? Um, I guess the, the, the theme of, of family was the overall thing that I yeah. wanted to sort of look at and all the three, you know, because it, 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 this book is told from the three different perspectives of the three siblings, um, they all have their own sort of stories, but I needed something to, to pull them all together thematically. Um, so all their, all their stories, while they're different, they, they all have some link to family and how they see family and how the way they see family and um, has an impact on their on their lives and um, particularly sort of from childhood till now so um, yeah although I wanted their stories to be different they all sort of hang together and there's a kind of a, a central conflict that, that was really important um, for me to have there um, but yeah I wanted to keep them I wanted to really show what their childhoods and what their lives have been like since they left Pent um, and up till now, how that's how that's affected them and their relationships with each other. Mm, I like that idea of reverting back, you know, as soon as you go back to the childhood home or the place you grew up or back with your siblings, you do revert back to that, that childhood yeah. um, and those childhood relationships. I think that's really interesting. And we all do that, you know, when we go back to Christmas, you know, you have Christmas lunch or dinner and all your relatives are there. It is this strange dynamic that you see. It's interesting. 
interesting. Yeah, and it just keeps changing over the years, especially mm. with, with Christmas. I know with my family, you know, as your family gets bigger and kids grow up and they have kids, then they sort of, there's offshoots of the family and, yeah, and then, you know, the older ones pass away and it just, and there's... Dynamic changes those, and changes. Yeah, and those people I tend to be the ones that pull everyone together. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it is interesting. Yeah, and when that changes, um, everything changes. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, I've had that experience myself. Now, from the three perspective of the siblings, did you have a favourite that you had more fun writing than the other? I think I had the most fun writing Jack just mm. because she is so so blunt with her brothers and says exactly what she thinks. Um, that was fun to read. I've got to say, so that's why I asked, cause I yeah. thought, you know, when something's fun and enjoyable to read, you often think that the author must've had a bit of fun with that as well. Yeah. So particularly between Jack and Josh, the youngest, um, I think their, their conversations um, were a lot of fun. Um, Dane, I think is probably most like me. I would have to say. <laughs> oh, secrets um, are coming so out that's now. That's a bit Matthew. weird to write, but um <laughs> But um, they've all sort of got their hang-ups and, um, mm. and that all sort of... Oh, I'm going to reread it now, knowing that Dane's you and have a bit of a he's not me. deeper he's not look. Me, he's, probably, he's, not, he's, not, he's not me, but he's, he's probably the most like me out of the three yeah, of them, yeah. I guess. Fair enough. I'm just teasing you. Come on. I can't say that. I can't say that. <laughs> now, sexual harassment, important topic, a hot topic, often lends itself, you know, to misogyny and boys' clubs, etc. I mean, important to shine a light on as well. What did you want to achieve by telling, you know, this part of the story? Well, when I was writing the book, um, when I was sort of in the drafting stages, the the Me Too movement was really in full swing and mm you know, everyone was talking about it and thinking about it. And I kind of wanted to look at it from um, a male perspective and, um, and particularly, I guess that, that area of consent as well, um, because it, you know, it, it often isn't as simple as yes or no, because there can be so many other things behind the yes, you know, maybe it's, it's, you know, it's, um, it's career pressure or it's um, financial pressure or something like that. There can be all the, you know, it's It's not an enthusiastic. Yes. No. So I wanted to kind of introduce that kind of ambiguity as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And that um, I didn't really set out to do that from the beginning, but as, as I got through um, writing the, the manuscript that, that that's the sort of the direction it went and, um, and, and where it ended up. Mm, That's interesting. Now, how different was it writing this book to this thing of darkness? I mean, that was YA, this is adult. They've still got quite dark themes, which we'll get to in a minute as well. But what was the difference between writing for those two different audiences? And did you know that going into this novel or did you just write and then it turned out to be adult fiction? Uh, no, I knew it was going to be because I knew I wanted to write something where, um, where siblings and well, a family sort of got together and, everything kind of blows up. So that had to be, had to be adult um, with this family in particular. I guess actually when I started writing it, I found it kind of freeing in a way because these guys are much closer to my age. And so I felt like I was using my own voice more and thinking about issues that are important to me now um, mm-hmm. as opposed to issues that are important to me when I was, you know, 17, 18. Um, so so yeah, in that respect, it was a little bit easier, maybe. Um, yeah, because you know, I, I felt like I was 
more in touch with um, where they were in their in their lives, mm. I guess. Um, but yeah, I still, I, I mean, I love YA, and I, I'm going to keep writing YA. So, um, but yeah, this is it was it was a nice change. Mm-hmm. It's a nice change. Yeah. Has your process changed from book to book? Um, uh, yeah, it's um, I've I try to plan as much as possible. Um, but it just doesn't always work out. What, end up ha- what ends up happening is I plan a bit and then I get stuck because I feel like I don't know the characters well enough. I don't know what yep. they're going to do. So I'll start writing. Maybe I'll start with some scenes that are really vivid in my mind um, or maybe I'll try to start from the start and I'll just start writing and then I'll go back to my plan and change it and then go back to my writing and back. And so it sort of goes back and forth that way. And I tend to sort of... Um, in the past and with, and with this one i i didn't um i didn't sort of write all the way through and then go back and and see what i had i i was i was kind of writing it slowly and okay. working on it and then moving on and working on it moving on um the one i've just written now which will be my next one i i approach that differently but um but up until now it's been that's that's pretty much been my process planning as much as possible and um and then going for it Mm, I like that. What have, what have you learned from book to book? And even coming into the third one, what have you learned? Um, God, what have I learned? I mean, so many <laughs> authors say it doesn't, it doesn't get any easier. You know, that the only thing that writing a book teaches you is how to write that book, not the next yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I hear um, that a lot. Yeah, but, but you know, I, I have, I, I found it easier in some, um, in some respects, you know, like, um, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm, I know what I'm doing a bit more in terms of, you know, I'm for my instincts are a bit better, I guess, in terms of structure and things like that. Um, but I still find plotting really hard. Um, and when you're kind of in the trenches, I doubt myself and doubt myself and doubt myself. Um, so that's, that's hard, but there are other things that do get easy, easier. There are parts that get easier. Um, but I think I'm probably a bit harder on myself now too. Mm. Like I'm so much more aware because, you know, I read a lot and I read lots of different stuff and I know what good writing looks like. So I, there's a, I put a lot of pressure on myself to, to be better mm-hmm. um, and, I, and, and to kind of lift my standards. And yeah, I think my, 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 the standards for myself are, are, are higher, and get yeah. higher and higher. Yeah. And I think so that's, that's true for all of us, isn't it? And, and the self doubt as well. And then that just comes hand in hand with being a creative, doesn't it? absolutely (laughs) now it was it was a while since i read this thing of darkness but i've got to say when i went into this book the first thing that i noticed was like wow he's a really good writer it's interesting (laughs) that you say that that you say you know that you're really hard on yourself and you know what good writing looks like etc and i i haven't compared the two and i'm not going to but to see you know if you've changed as a writer etc but that's you know when you pick up a book and there's just some things that you notice about it and, yeah. you know, when I picked up the book and even just read the first few chapters, I was like, this is just really good writing. <laughs> I was enjoying it a lot. <laughs> yeah. My wife said the same thing. She, she said, you know, I can see you've gotten better. Okay. Since, you know, you know, so that's, um, that's heartening. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't want to get worse, always... do we? <laughs> no, we don't want to get worse, but I am, I, I definitely, you know, I pay attention when I'm reading mm. um, and I do, um, you know, I listen to lots of podcasts and I like reading books on craft and stuff like that. And I'm, always trying to get better has that become paralyzing as well because i know interviewing lots of people and i interview you know phenomenally talented people like yourself and then you think well i can't do that and so sometimes sometimes looking at excellent writing or talking to really talented people sometimes that can be paralyzing has it been paralyzing for you or just you you are just harder on yourself 
Well, the way that I look at it now um, is that, and I, I try to force myself to look at it this way, is, you know, sometimes I'll read something and I'll think this is, this is just awesome and I could never do this. But I can do other things, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, I have, I have strengths, other eyes have other strengths. And, you know, I, yeah. I read stuff that I think I, I could never write this. I, I love it, but I could never write it, but I probably wouldn't want to either. Yeah. Like there are certain things that are really important in my writing that I want to, that I want to achieve. Like emotional impact is very important for me. Um, but then I can read like a, you know, swashbuckling adventure and I just love it and I love it, but I think I would never write this. Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess everyone has their, has their strengths and, um, I try to focus on what mine are and the kind of stuff that I, I want to write mm. um, rather, rather than thinking every time I read something fantastic that I'll never be this good, I'll never be this good. <laughs> I, I try not to, I, I try to try to look at the positives, I guess. Well, that's a very sensible way of looking at things, Matthew. Try, try, <laughs> try. I try. Yeah, I <laughs> always work. Trying is, is, the, is the goal, but yeah, that self-doubt, I think, as a creative, um, I think it's good in a way because I think you touched on it before. The self-doubt is good because it pushes you to be better but as long as the self-doubt doesn't stop you from creating and it's I think you're always on that knife's edge you know yeah yeah and it's that same thing with you know before a before a performance or before an appearance you know if you're feeling nervous that that means that you it it matters to you that you care exactly Um, so that's the thing for me you know I just want to write something that I mean I do think of readers when I'm when I'm in when I'm writing, I think, you know, I, I, I do think of readers in the sense that um, I want to, um, I don't know how to say it, uh, you know, not, not please them, but like, I want to write something good for them. They you like, know? like yeah. And I, yeah. And I, you want readers yeah, to like your book. I think, that's right. And I, think <laughs> I mean, as much as we say, yeah, as much as we say, oh, we don't think about, um, you know, our audience, you, you want people to pick up your book and, and keep reading it and like it, you know, <laughs> you know, like that's important. It's hard to, hard to block out the audience or the reader and you should as you're writing, but it's something that's always still present, I think. Yeah. And I try to do that. Exactly. We just said, I try, you know, when I'm doing my first draft and when I'm, when I'm getting to, I try to, to sort of not think that way. Um, but then as I'm drilling down to editing and that sort of thing, I think now what are people going to be thinking here? You know, what, what can I do with this to sort of um, take people, take the reader down a different mm. path or to defy expectations and that kind of thing. Cause I, you know, I want to be surprised when I'm reading. Yeah. Um, totally. And so I want my reader to be surprised as well. Yeah. I like the defy expectations. I think that's really interesting. And particularly, I think um, in particular genres, like for crime, in crime, for instance, you know, there's the surprise and then the twist and then the extra twist at the end. And I think that's almost an yeah. expectation now. So it really, I think yeah. puts pressure on you as a writer to come up with the goods, doesn't it? Oh my God. Crime writers. <laughs> geez. So yeah so such great crime around yeah now. yeah I, it is I crime's phenomenal crime. now so do i and i read it yeah. and i just think god how how did you do yes yeah. how did yeah, you there's think so much this? i think crime is one of those genres that that does everything you know great characters great plots surprises twists suspense reflect society like i think crime is one of those genres that just ticks every single box mm, absolutely mm. yeah mm. and you can really you can use the crime to hang the story off, but then yeah. what, what else you do with it in yeah. terms of characterization and setting all that sort of stuff. It's just, so, you know, it's, it's open, wide open. Yeah. And I think it's one of those genres that reflect society the most and our fears and our hopes, etc. So I think it's a really interesting genre. I think it's come a long yeah. way too. Oh, for sure. And in Australia too, we have some yeah, fantastic crime writers here. 
Let's see. Which is great. I love that. Now, the question I ask all my guests, Matthew, and it's been, like I said, a long time between drinks for us, episode 88 to 500 and something, whatever this episode ends up becoming. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you write? Yeah, so you didn't ask me this last time. Oh, see, I I came up with that question after episode 88. (laughs) you did, you did. Um, Well, I guess I've always been interested in people um, and stories and in people's stories. You know, I love people's stories. I love to know what makes them tick. I love meeting new people. Um, And writing fiction, I guess, gets me into the heads of people, even though they're not real. Um, And I guess I've always been a creative person, I like working on my own. Um, so all those things kind of suit me. Um, but as I said before, you know, it's kind of changing now because I'm, I, I'm just constantly challenging myself, you know, like when I first, when I wrote my first manuscript, I had no idea what I was doing and I just, I just wrote it. But now, um, I I find it harder to relax into it, I think, because Mm -hmm. I am putting that pressure on myself and, um, you know, I am putting those high expectations on myself. So, it's changed, but, um, and the writing part itself is, is the hardest bit, but all the other stuff around it is, you know, I, I, I love, I love the planning. I love the, I love that first kind of, when, you know, when you have an idea and you mm. have that first inspiration and you think this could be fantastic and yeah. it could be this and this and this and this before you start writing, before you mess it all up, before it doesn't meet your expectations. <laughs> I love that bit. That. I love it. Yeah. That bit's great. When you, when you just put, put the first sort of idea, because your first idea you have, you've probably mulled over a bit. And, you know, what I hate is if you're writing in the middle of the night, you're like, this is so good. And then you wake up and you think, wow, that's the worst thing I've ever written in my life. (laughs) Yeah, that is me. That is me lying in bed at night thinking this is the most golden idea ever. And I get up and I think, that's not going to work at all. (laughs) I like writing at night because I don't sleep a lot and I stay up late. But sometimes what you write at night isn't always gold. (laughs) Yeah. So you've got to farm through that in the morning. (laughs) Do you drink? I, oh, this is a bit of a secret now. It's not a secret, but um, I didn't drink for 11 years for various reasons. And I've just started to have the odd drink now. So I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore drinker, but I may have one or two vodkas in one sitting. And that's definitely enough for Danny. <laughs> because someone told me, you know, that, that you should try, that I should try having a few drinks. And then like, then you, you know, can you sort of let go and relax and try oh. writing and see what you can, I haven't done it before. Wow. But- Right, let's make a pact. Idea. Let's make a pact and we'll come back together and see how that worked out. I cannot have more that. than two drinks or I won't be able to know what um, my laptop is because I'm a very <laughs> new, very new, back new into drinking, right? So my tolerance is very small. Um, so we should do that. We should have a drink. What, okay. We could do this it is, as like a big Zoom yes, thing. Yes. This is the test, right? You write a page alcohol-free. Now, we're always talking about drinking responsibly just so people yep. know right and then we you are of age. Ha- we are of age then you have another drink or one your first drink and then you write another page and then you have a second drink and write another page and then you compare the three pages and see if it made any difference at all got worse got better they do say you should uh, write after a drink and edit sober it sounds like a good experiment to me <laughs> <laughs> next podcast Matthew, when we come back together, episode 750, <laughs> we'll come back. We'll, you can have your bottle of choice, whatever that drink is. We'll drink responsibly, have one or two, and we'll have a little writing thing. It could be great. It could be great. I don't know that's going to be that exciting for listeners to listen to us typing. <laughs> that's very true. We'll just do it and report back. <laughs> we'll just do it and report back. And we can even report back on Twitter. That'd be very interesting. 
<laughs> well, I don't know if I've ruined your writing career with this idea. I think it might have been your idea, actually. It was my idea. <laughs> or enhanced Someone gave it. me the idea. <laughs> we shall see but it is it's such a pleasure to talk to you again and when i saw that you had a new book out i love speaking to people that i've already spoken to because you know you track the journey and you talk about you know what you've explored before and it's you know that reconnecting with that person again so i love speaking to people that i've spoken to particularly early on when the podcast didn't have many listens you know and people took a chance and went yeah i'll go on this podcast with this random person so it's i stalked cool. you if you remember i hassled you please have me on would you please have me on and you were so gracious you said oh yeah all right just just stop it just stop it no, that go was, away and i'll have you on that was um that was up episode 88 so not many people were pursuing me then <laughs> now your tbr pile is like through the roof yeah i'd like to say it's as tall as me but i'm not very tall so i don't think that's very impressive probably taller <laughs> that's pretty big Thank you so much. It's been a delight to catch up again. I love that you have another book out. It just, you know what it feels like? You go, oh, wow, he's got another book. I'm so proud of him. It's like, you know, proud mum who spoke to you hundreds of episodes ago. I'm like, wow, we need to catch up again and see and see what has happened and what's gone on. And they say the second book's the hardest, but I feel like you really knocked it out of the park. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, I mean, I guess one little kind of pressure off that was that it was different categories. Yeah, it was different absolutely. Different audiences, genres. Different kinds of books. So the next one will be the test, but I've just mm. delivered it to my publisher. So we will see what happens. Excellent. Or well, unless, Matthew, you start writing just in every genre, so there's no pressure and you're always a debut. I like that idea too. <laughs> Forever a debut. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Such a pleasure so chatting good to with talk you. To you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's great to catch up. Absolutely. And hopefully it'll be in real life one day. We'll see. Absolutely. <laughs> see you, Daddy. See you, Matt. <laughs>